So dear friends, good morning. It's uh, bright and early, but we have to stick to the schedule. So thank you to everybody for being here. I will kindly ask Ted Jarek to kick off the conference. And I'd like to thank him for partnering with us for a fourth year in a row to organize it. So Ted, the floor is yours. And thank you to you and your team. Oh, there we are. Excellent. I should have known. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, and uh, welcome, everybody, to the 11th annual New York Maritime Forum, organized by our friends at Capital Link. And as Nicholas mentioned, uh, DNB is the proud primary sponsor for the fourth year running of this conference, uh, which we believe is really the premier New York-based conference covering the global maritime sector. Uh, not only from a content point of view, but from an attendance point of view. So we, we, we thank everybody for being here today and uh, look forward to the day. It's everything going on in the, in the world today and in the markets. It's, it's great timing for, for this gathering. Uh, and, and New York in the middle of October is not a bad place to be. I've got some remarks. Uh, we'll try to keep to the, uh, to the schedule, as Nicholas said. Um, we enter the final quarter of 2019 and look ahead into 2020. There are a few things shipping related that, uh, that strike me and I wanted to share them with you. Uh, first, I think is pretty obvious, the impact of geopolitical events and primarily trade sanctions uh, on global shipping is real and causing significant distortions. We all see what's happening in the crude oil tanker space right now. Uh, for the first time in a long time, the growth in demand for oil and other commodities is under pressure as concerns about global economic activity and growth are heightened. Uh, some of this concern is undoubtedly linked to the trade sanction issue. Uh, I would also say that lower for longer interest rates are not a sign of economic health. And we see lower for longer interest rates pretty much across the globe. On the flip side, and again for the first time in a long time, the supply side in shipping looks fairly benign in most, if not all, shipping sectors. New buildings are definitely not the flavor of the month and haven't been for some time, unless you're a shipyard. And, and the current regulatory environment may well push older vessels, say 15 years or more, to the scrapyard at a more accelerated rate. The importance of increasing U.S. oil and gas production and export to the shipping industry continues to grow, particularly with OPEC production cutbacks and challenges with certain individual countries like Iran, like Venezuela. However, there's growing uncertainty on the sustainability of this growth trend going forward. More analysts are saying that production is leveling off, at least in the near term. We see that rig counts and the number of fracking crews are trending down, and capital markets are generally not supportive of the sector. Investors, if they are interested in investing in E&P companies at all, want debt paid down and dividends increased at the expense of continued drilling. Obviously, the price of oil is a big driver here, and where that is heading is anyone's guess. And finally, uh, we're now on the threshold of the implementation of IMO 2020. Uh, been a lot of discussion on this topic in, in many fora like this uh, for some time. Uh, how this is going to play out for shipping in totality is still anyone's guess, in my opinion. 
and it will be some time before all the votes are counted. But certainly in the short and near term, we're going to have a lot more crude oil and products shipped as refiners adjust globally adjust their refining processes to increase the production of compliant fuels. As a result of these and, and undoubtedly many other factors, capital markets for the shipping space have not been generally constructive, uh, I would say for at least the last 12 to 15 months. There have been exceptions, of course, uh, these being established repeat issuers and primarily on the bond side. Companies like Gaslog, TK, Stolt-Nielsen come to mind. But despite, despite a very hot high yield bond market in 2019, issuance levels by the maritime sector has been very limited. There have been no shipping IPOs since we met, last met, and the only new entrant to the public market in the U.S. is Diamond S Shipping, which merged with the tanker assets of Capital Product Partners, essentially a reverse merger into an existing publicly listed entity. Follow-on equity issuance has been extremely limited, primarily due to weak share price performance. In those instances where companies have issued shares, uh, and that's been few and far between, have been primarily in connection with ship-for-share deals where the parties involved have agreed to an NAV to NAV exchange. It will certainly be interesting to see if other companies in the crude oil or product space will try to list in this traditionally strong season, which is spiked with an extra shot of trade sanctions. Hafni has filed to list in Oslo. There may well be others. My view is that market distortions caused by, i.e., geo geopolitical factors are not, not helpful to the capital market story. Their impact tends to be temporary, and it is impossible to say for how long they will last. And more importantly, they will tend to take prospective investors' eye off the underlying fundamentals, which are generally positive. Investors want to see, they need to see sustainable performance over time and through market cycles in order to commit new capital. Lower gearing and a competitive and transparent cost structure are criti critical elements to achieving this. And a regular dividend would be very nice as well. Two additional factors are increasingly important in this context. The first is market cap and share liquidity. This has been a constant theme for some time. It's clear that major institutional investors are less and less interested in owning a share that does not provide a liquid market for buying and selling. The second and newer factor is the growing focus on the industry's environmental, social, and governance policies, ESG. Uh, that's, a, that's an acronym we're going to be hearing more and more about. This is a growing part of the conversation with investors. It, it's impacting companies in all sectors, and shipping will be no exception. I'm confident that the industry will continue to evolve in this direction and that the public capital markets will continue to play an important role in the further development of the industry. There are always interesting opportunities in shipping and the present market is no exception. The regulatory environment is likely to continue to be disruptive for ship owners and their stakeholders as well and there's no reason to think that this will abate. So today we have a great lineup of companies representing all major shipping sectors to give you their views on the road ahead and the opportunities and bumps likely to come along the way. I also want to highlight our two luncheon speakers, Mr. Mark Busby, who is the Maritime Administrator, Administrator 
with the U.S. Department of Transportation, and Ms. Meg Gentle, who is the president and CEO of Tellurian, Inc. I'm sure both of these folks will be touching on highly relevant issues related to the industry. So again, welcome to all of you. And on behalf of DNB and Capital Link, we hope you have an informative and constructive day. We'll start things off with the dry bulk shipping panel, which is being moderated by Christian Weatherby, shipping equity analyst from Citi. It's a great lineup, and I ask all of the dry bulk participants to come on up and get in the ring. Thank you all. <laughs>